This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Another week. Another wrestling pay-per-view. Guys, welcome back to Top Rope Nation, presented by TopRopePress.com. Ryan Drosty, editor-in-chief of Top Rope Press, joined here by three of my closest friends as we're going to go through the WWE Money in the Bank card, um, kind of talk about our predictions for the show. Definitely going to talk Omega and Okada here to start off. Uh, I'm joined by Kyle Ross. If you're watching us here on YouTube, you got the shades on, shining bright tonight. Fresh off a birthing class. Kyle, we're glad you could join us after such a life-changing event tonight. Is it bad that when you're supposed to be thinking about the birth of your first child, you are trying to hone your money in the bank takes instead? <laughs> I've been there. I've okay. been there. It happens. <laughs> okay. Just, just so we're all on the same page. Good. I can relate. Also here this week, as always, Justin Joint. If you're watching us on YouTube, speaking of children, you can see above him, he has his, uh, well, not his, his wife's uh, positive pregnancy test and Finn Balor uh, action figure as he goes back and forth on the camera. Justin, what's going on this week? Uh, not much. Uh, I, all I know is that day one is age. That's it. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and guys we've got the old smackdown recapper from top row press here in kyle ross and we have the new blood on the show tonight perfect show i thought for him to join us talk about his take on money in the bank mr joe dorian first time on the show joe what's going on nothing much man thank you for having me uh i'm probably a little bit biased because i'm a contributor to the website but huge fan of the show glad to be <laughs> glad to be on <laughs> We've been talking about having you on for a while. I know you got some experience podcasting, so we're excited about it. And guys, if you haven't checked out Joe's SmackDown reviews on the site, some of the most entertaining writing you'll read each and every week as he picks apart SmackDown, which Joe, unfortunately, since Kyle left the beat, the show has kind of been going downhill a little bit, wouldn't you say? It hasn't been great. I remember it, it wasn't too long ago that we were having the whole conversation about, um, you know, Raw and SmackDown. What was the A show? What was the B show? And yeah, it's it's been downhill for probably what, like six weeks, give or take now. It's yeah. been it's been a rough, rough period. I think last week we said pretty much ever since the focus was put on Randy Orton on the show, <laughs> not to get back into our Randy Orton hating, but when the when the Orton Wyatt thing was going on, you know, heading into Mania around that time, ever since SmackDown has just been, yeah, downhill, I think. Um, so like I said, hey, we're going to get into New Japan here in just a second. But before we get started, let me get the technical stuff out of the way. If you are listening on iTunes, please hit subscribe, leave a rating for the show. If you're watching us live right now on YouTube, Typically, this show is put on live for Patreon supporters. You can check that out, patreon.com slash Nation. Uh, we thought this week, pay-per-view preview, we'd open it up for everyone. So if you like what you see, support us on Patreon. We would, we would uh, gladly appreciate that. And also, I wanted to mention, if you're watching, you see I am sporting this awesome Wrestle or Die t-shirt. Take credit for that. If you're a history buff, you, you probably recognize that um i designed that t-shirt you guys it is available on the top rope press spread shirt website you can go to toproppress.spreadshirt.com we've got 15 percent off this week every single 
t-shirt on the site. So check that out. Give me a hell yeah. All right. So before we went on the air, guys, we were talking about last weekend's Dominion New Japan event. The weekend before that, we had Extreme Rules. So we got like three weekends in a row here of big wrestling shows. And I know Justin hasn't had a chance to watch the Okada Omega match, but he's a big Kenny Omega fan. And I saw it. I had a pretty strong opinion on on the match. Kyle, who doesn't watch a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kyle, I know you saw this match. How how quickly after it aired did you go watch it, Kyle? Thirty six to forty eight hours, I guess. I think it was Tuesday. I watched it Monday. Okay. Monday. Monday. I watched it Monday. It's kind of hard to avoid this match with all the talk going on. About no, it, it was, but you know, sometimes it's just like you know, you want to like just you want to be able to watch it because you know the hype. I was already well aware of the hype, and you and you kind of want to be able to watch it with um, objective eyes. I have no hot takes on it whatsoever. Just to be clear, I, I think there's two. There's two. When I'm kind of making any sort of argument about it, you know, where it fits into the grand scheme of pro wrestling, you know, I think the only two assumptions I'm going to make or assertions is a, it was a five-star match. I know there's been certainly a lot of discussion about star ratings recently on Twitter and B it absolutely cannot, cannot are uh, definitively be said as the greatest professional wrestling match of all time. I think that's putting the cart before the horse. I think it's too recent to, to possibly even say that. That's what uh, Dave Meltzer said about the first match at the Tokyo Dome. Right off yes. the bat. He said it was the greatest that. match of all time. Did you see the January 4 match, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, th- there's no denying. I mean, I, I think you, again, it was an ice cold take. I think you offered on Twitter that who cares what Meltzer rated it. It's a match. It's probably the match of the year. This is referring to Dominion. And that's all that matters. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean... Those two, the two matches, and then, you know, I threw out, and I, I still feel, I, the, the only three matches I would give five stars to, and I, you know, some people hate star ratings, but whatever. I mean, the two, okay, uh, Okada Omega matches, and then the Chip Day, Trevor Lee match I referenced from CWF Mid-Atlantic. What about the uh, UK title match from TakeOver a few weeks mm. back? Nah, that, that's shade below. I'd, I'd have that pretty close to five stars, but um, there's been so much good wrestling this year in just six months. Um yeah, I, you know, when I first watched it, how long did it take you guys to realize this is definitely going to a, to a draw? Were you surprised it did, or was there a point in the match? I mean, I already knew. I already knew, so I didn't have the benefit of watching it live. I knew yeah. it. Was, I knew I was watching a draw. Okay. Which did I don't you... know if it helped or hindered my enjoyment. Okay. Joe, did you know it was going to a draw before you watched it? I did, yeah. I, I watched it a little bit late, so I, I did. Unfortunately, I didn't know it was going to a draw, yeah. Some someone I follow had speculated it was going to be a draw beforehand. I watched it like Sunday morning, right when I got up, so that I, I I'm not crazy enough to stay up and watch it live, <laughs> but uh, I did I did watch it right away. I wanted to avoid the spoilers, and I think like once we hit the 50 minute mark, I was pretty sure that it was going to go to a draw. Which at first I was kind of disappointed in that. Um, I, I really felt like Omega should have won the match, but I don't think it took away from how awesome the match was. It's tough to do a 60-minute draw in 2017, but it A, didn't feel like 60 minutes, and B, this was a situation where you could get away with it. I think it was actually pretty creative. Um, it's interesting people, you know, you just referenced it saying, oh, Omega should have gone over. This should have been Omega. You know, you got to be cognizant of what's his future in new japan i mean they don't want to put him over okada and then six months later go to wwe yeah so i mean i actually really like that it went i actually kind of I, I really like that they did the 60 minute draw it's not something that you see very often no anymore. and there's an obvious comparison you know i'll bring this up if we have some time you know a famous series of matches where the second match was a 60 minute draw yeah um so i i guess to one other thing I wanted to hit on this was the announcing. Did you guys watch it with Japanese announcing or the English announcing? Joe, Japanese. Japanese. Joe, what about you? I watched on YouTube, so it was English announcing. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me, Joe. I thought Callis and Kelly were terrible announcing this match. <laughs> I was not a fan of their announcing whatsoever. Um, it, it's it's a lot different than WWE announcing. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Um. But, it, I mean, 
WWE announcing isn't great. So it's it's one of those things. That, like, I thought they brought some stuff to the table that you don't see in WWE. Um, you know, there were there were some aspects of it where they were there were times where they were a little more analytical in places where I thought that WWE announcing wouldn't have been. Um, I don't watch as much new Japan. So if, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where I I don't really know what to compare it to as far as run of the mill, new Japan matches, if this was better, worse on par. Um, But I, I noticed a big difference between this and WWE for sure. Um, I didn't have any major issues with it, but it 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 certainly has a different feel to it. I thought you know, Kevin Kelly is is an all right announcer. Um, I thought Callis was just terrible. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it was, but I felt like he was stumbling his way through the match. I didn't like that they referenced star ratings during the match. That got some heat on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that because I watched the match today, so. I watched it after me and you had that little exchange about the the star rating thing on on Twitter, uh, where we basically both said, you know, in the grand scheme of things, who really cares about star ratings? Um, and then I watch a match and they're <laughs> referencing star ratings during the match, which I thought was strange. You de- that's definitely not something you see uh, on WWE TV for sure. Yeah, I think you lost some of the immersion factor live with that. Yeah, they have. Yeah. I feel it. They they ha- haven't hasn't like Michael Cole maybe once or twice referenced star ratings. Um, I don't remember it happening recently, but I I wouldn't say it's out of the question. I, I could have yeah. sworn, he, or or he used match of the year or something like that. Maybe that's what it was. I this was on another level. Yeah, yeah. They went down. I think they. What did they do? They were Kenny Omega has had this many five star matches in the last year. It was yeah. really strange. They specifically yeah. mentioned Dave Meltzer too, if I remember. Yeah, right. yeah. It's like, come on, this is that's a little much. So yeah. has anyone has anyone made the? It would have gotten seven stars if it was in the Tokyo Dome joke yet. Oh man, yeah. People are giving <laughs> Meltzer all kinds of. All right, can, can I talk about that? Go ahead. All right, like it is. <laughs> First of all, who cares? Like, it's just a person's opinion. Um, the I got angry on Twitter yesterday over something completely unrelated, something that was much more serious. I don't know if you saw that, Ryan. I I, I troll your page just to see your hot takes. I, <laughs> oh, I always I, go I to get, like your, I get hot politically. I always I go to the section where it's like, who but let's see people at? getting so up in arms about Dave Meltzer's rating. So, like, the only issue I take with it, I like star ratings actually because it's just like it is like an analytical way to say, Oh, I like this match better than this match. There's certainly flaws in it. I would, that that's a discussion that would take up a whole hour. So I know we're not going to get into that now, but the issue I had was when he went from five to six Mm -hmm. in that, in that. So if you're being fair and this is a real nerdy discussion, but I think it should be broken down that like the difference between a six star match and a five star match should be the same as a five star and a four star match. Right. And that's where, like, Dave, I thought, just, like, got silly with it. Because you can't tell me that either Omega Okada match was that much better than name a five-star match. Like, you know, Hart Austin from WrestleMania 13. Yeah. Compared to how much better Hart Austin is than your average four-star match, which is, like, the main event at Extreme Rules. Like, it, the, the, the discrepancies just, the differences aren't there. So, like, with him going six and a quarter, um for the for the second match it's like okay i knew when they started teasing the observer on twitter that's what he was going to do but um i don't know it just doesn't make sense but it's just one guy's opinion who cares if if somebody says this is the greatest match of all time i mean it doesn't mean that it's so doesn't mean you have to think it's so he's just doing it for attention it's a gimmick it makes people talk about about him especially since he's been doing it for so long and now all of a sudden he's switching it up yeah, I kind of think there is. And I like Dave more than a lot of people on Twitter. But yeah, I, I kind of think there's a lot of Dave Meltzer gave this six star. You know, it's to get, you know, the discussion about him, kind of. I think Dave, I think Twitter is one of the worst things to ever happen to Dave Meltzer. <laughs> I, think, I think he goes on there and he just like pisses off so many people that, I don't know, yeah. I think a lot of people have gotten sick of I know some people that cover the wrestling industry. I won't name any names. I'm not talking about myself, but I know some people that I've written with who really do not like him just because of his Twitter takes. So who knows? I don't it, know. it comes off a little abrasive on Twitter sometimes. I don't know. I mean, there's a thing. I mean, he actually referenced this. 
what was it? I was was it him that referenced it, or was it like somebody that was talking about him referencing it? Like, you know, that Twitter does kind of very much ruin the fan, whether it's wrestling or like sports fan athlete experience, because like all it takes is like one or two bad interactions on Twitter for the athlete to like hate the fans all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I can see that actually from their perspective. Like I know if like I'm an athlete, somebody like talks shit about me on there. I would just like hate all fans. <laughs> have you That's guys true. noticed? Yeah. Have you guys noticed a little bit? And I, I see this in the sports world too, not just wrestling, but the, it almost seems like there's a little bit of a backlash um, towards the fans. For, like uh, uh, Sasha Banks did an interview a week or two ago. Um, and they, she brought up, you know, the entire internet is talking about me uh, turning heel and when am I going to turn heel? And I wish all these marks would just relax. And and there was like some venom behind it. And then, you know, when you look at like, when you look at like basketball and you look at, um, you know, just cause the finals were just happening, like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant has a lot of t- like, what was it like a couple weeks ago, he was telling all the fans to shut up and stop complaining about uh, too many blowouts in, in the playoffs. And, it makes you wonder if Twitter ha- Twitter has a lot to do with that. I, I think it does. There's no better example than uh, the Mark Killer uh, Roman Reigns himself. Oh man, Roman Reigns has been great. Oh my uh, God, that he had that one day where he hit three guys in a row. I was like, I am in awe of your presence, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was unfathomable. Yeah, he he's especially when he guy. called them a Mark. Then he like he just straight up called the guys like he's, oh, I think yeah. he hashtag stupid Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I can't say too much bad about Sasha because she did once tweet out a picture of my child in a Sasha Banks onesie. But I've heard that sometimes I've heard of people meeting her and she's not the friendliest person to fans, like outside of the uh, arenas. I've heard that more than once. So it doesn't surprise me that much. Real quick NBA note, Kyle, I'm not going to mention oh, the results of the series, but Kevin Durant. This is my favorite Kevin Durant story. Uh, it was a few years back. He's on Twitter. There's some article about um, him on ESPN Insider, and he tweeted out to his followers, hey, does anyone have an ESPN Insider account I can log into? Like this <laughs> multi-million dollar NBA athlete was asking his fans for a login to ESPN Insider. Tremendous. That's insane. <laughs> I think it's like $2.99 per month for the record. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to talk about how he couldn't bench 135 pounds at the combine. No, I could talk about that too, though. Um, all right, enough New Japan. Let's get to what most. I want to pick it up for next week, though. The, I, I the, I've been meaning to almost write an article. I, I unfortunately had time, but there, there, there's where that fits into the grand scheme of things. The Omega, both of them, I think merits a very long discussion. Okay, we'll come back to it next week. Give everyone a reason to tune in next week. Yeah. Uh, but let's but talk about money the to preview next week. Actually. To preview next week? Yeah, I don't think yeah. there is one. I don't think great balls of fire. That's not till July. <sighs> Cue Jerry Weaver. Yeah. Uh, finally, a week off from pay per view previews. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have be... to do a recap though. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, that's right. Oh boy, <laughs> it's a hard knock life in this pro wrestling podcast industry, you guys. Uh, let's talk money in the bank. That's what everyone's probably listening to this week. Uh, first of all, I want to go to our SmackDown reviewer, Joe, just overall, what did you think of the go home show, um, this week for SmackDown? Um, it's, it's weird. And this, this kind of happened, uh, on the go home show before backlash too. It, it just seems like they were out of story to tell by the time they got to this Tuesday like everything was already set in stone um they they sold all the seeds they needed to there was there was really nothing left to do uh and the result of that is that you you just got a bunch of throwaway singles matches and then the the six-man tag that they just did I think three weeks ago maybe a little more um but yeah it's it's been on par with (laughs) all the smackdowns that have come before in the last month or so uh, none of them have been particularly horrible. It, it's just that none of them are, are very good. Um, thankfully, you know, the, the one thing SmackDown's got going for it is if it's not a great show, you only have to sit through it for two hours as opposed to uh, Raw where it's, you know, you're you're there forever. So, I mean, got that going for it. But it's it's interesting, man. Like, 
since I started writing SmackDown recaps and I've I've become that guy, like I've I've become I've developed a relationship with the show um, that's difficult to explain. Like I was on Twitter earlier yesterday, today or yesterday, and people were talking about the Lana and Naomi match. And someone was like, oh, they'll probably put the belt on uh, Lana knowing SmackDown. And just naturally, like out of nowhere, involuntarily, I became defensive. (laughs) I was ready to like jump on and be like, hey. And then I was like, why do you care what they're saying about SmackDown? It doesn't matter. Um, But yeah, it's it hasn't been it hasn't been great um for reasons i've written in a couple of my recaps um one of the things it doesn't have going for it is all these multi-man matches which leads wwe to book all these you know just swapping out people for one-on-one matches that are all inconsequential and that's why you get Dolph Ziggler versus AJ Styles twice and neither match really means anything or you get a match like Owens Nakamura but it doesn't really mean anything and it goes 10 minutes long or whatever it is. So it's, it'll, you know, it'll be nice after money in the bank is over to get back to just some traditional one-on-one feuds where they can really, um, they can really dig in. Uh, Justin, do you see SmackDown this week? Uh, bits and parts of it. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at. I didn't, I did not watch the full show. I gotta be honest. I DVR'd it. I watched basically the whole first hour, but it was kind of like back and forth you know, doing other things. And then I knew that six man tag was coming on at the end. It's like kind of a throwaway match. I, I didn't get through the full show, Kyle. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched it on DVR and yeah, I mean, I would agree with Joe. There, there was just a lot of throwaway and it's really funny the way WWE builds its multi-person matches. So the first multi-person match, like the first like match of like four guys or more that I can remember, I was actually thinking about this in the build to Extreme Rules, was I think ECW did a four-way in the summer of 96. It was like the TV title program. Shane Douglas was in it. I can Jericho was in it actually, too. I can't remember the other two. I think Pitbull 2 and Scorpio were the four guys. And it was basically the culmination of a summer-long a series of one-on-one matches between those four and they traded the TV titles. And so it was a very logical extension. Like, Hey, the titles changed hands a lot of times between these four guys. We're going to put them all in the ring at once. And this is it. And it made sense. WWE, what they do is they announce a multi-person match. And then they just, as Joe pointed out, have a bunch of inconsequential singles matches, or, you know, in the case of money, make a six man tag where it's just like, all right, yeah, here are the guys. They're kind of doing stuff, but it really will have no bearing on Sunday. The fact that AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler traded wins in the build to a ladder match doesn't matter, really. Um, Nakamura's pinned Owens three times on television, I think. I don't know if that matters for Sunday. Um, you know, I don't even know if the result of the six-man matters. You know, The fact that Corbin was standing tall, I don't know if that matters. So, yeah, it's just, it's kind of like, all right, we've got the match and so we have a bunch of TV time to fill. So we're in, and you kind of, it almost has a negative effect in that it makes you, you're like kind of sick of seeing these guys in the ring so much. Yeah. I, despite the lackluster television heading into the show, I was kind of thinking about earlier. So if you think about money in the bank and where it ranks, as far as the uh, WWE pay-per-views, do you think this is, it's a bigger pay-per-view than like Survivor Series. I mean, obviously WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Rumble. But outside of those three, I can't think of a show that's more important than Money in the Bank. I think this is a huge pay-per-view coming up Sunday. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it's outside of uh, the Royal Rumble, it's one that has actual consequences for, you know, possibly, you know, the upcoming six months. I mean, somebody's going to be champion like basically whoever wins that briefcase is going to be champion at some point in the upcoming year and that's huge and i think it should be the fourth major one it should be a raw smackdown pay-per-view also i think yeah i I think it should be a joint pay-per-view and uh definitely i mean survivor series is in the big four just because of its history yeah but it's big Um, four name only that they i mean you could go back to like the second or third, maybe not the second, but like the third year of its existence. And I'm talking 1989, folks. 
and it they just stopped treating it as important as far back as then. I mean, there's been some exceptions, but they just treat those elimination matches generally as throwaways. And yeah, it hasn't been important. They almost got rid of it at one point. Like, yeah. what was that? Like 2009 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, preview. That's how it came about. And yeah. actually, Kyle, we did a special. That's right. Last fall, we did a show yeah. kind of talking about the early. I need to write more about the history of the Survivor Series and how it's big for name only. That'd be a good little thing I can do. Yeah. Guys, check. If you didn't hear that show, check out our archives. It's back in early November. Um, but Kyle and I did, uh, we were doing like a Survivor Series flashback deal and we talked about how that show got started. But uh, yeah, I think Money in the Bank certainly outranks the Survivor Series. I think it's outdrawn it before in the past. It, yeah. it probably won't. I mean, it's tougher to measure now. But, um, you know, because Survivor Series has the whole weekend involved, you know, it is being built. It is now being treated. It is, I should kind of retract my previous statement. They are treating it now as a big fourth, doing the whole weekend thing. But that, that certainly hadn't been the case for, you know, most of the last decade plus. Yeah. Um, but but I think Money in the Bank has has done better numbers than Survivor Series in the past. So we only have, it's, it kind of looks like an old uh, Survivor Series card because Money in the Bank has, what, five matches? Yeah, no. I mean, there's reports that they're, I, I don't know if it's true. It's just a thing that's out there that they're going to add... Um, Brizango and the Colognes on like a pre-show match, which obviously yeah, makes yeah. all the sense in the world. Um, but I don't think that's confirmed yet. Hey, okay. speaking of Brizango, was it just me or that uh, the Fashion Files when they did the sketch of who attacked uh, Breezy? That kind of looked like American Alpha a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> American Alpha still alive? <laughs> the didn't, forgotten tag team. Didn't PW Insider? Uh, on Tuesday, say, oh, they're thinking about a major angle to get American Angle, uh, American Angle, American Alpha. Um, maybe that's even, you know, that's interesting. Maybe that's it. I, I think they actually do could use a heel turn because the, the crowd just never took to them as baby faces at all. Oh, and as we've said on the show before, the worst theme song in the WWE, perhaps. Terrible. Does not get the crowd going whatsoever. No. <laughs> It also sounds way too much like Apollo Crews theme song. Uh, yeah, I never even, yeah, I didn't put that together. That's true. It does. It does have like kind of that same opening note. To it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love so, the Titus brand, by the way. Can't say enough about the yeah. Titus brand. That's Justin's guys right there. Oh, oh yeah. How, how crazy is it that Titus O'Neil is so much more over than anyone than, than Apollo Crews? I don't think that's the way they intended this to be. <laughs> You know, though, at least he's kind of made Apollo a little more. Like, Apollo was death when he, on, on those SmackDowns, when he'd come up, you're like, oh, God, no. Now, at least it's like, you know, you're getting Titus. And, th- and they're going international, too. I know Abby's thrilled about that, by the way, get, how they're getting Tazawa into the fold. <laughs> Didn't we joke about that on the show a couple of weeks ago? Well, yeah, because yeah, I saw it coming. <laughs> yeah, they, they were kind of hinting at it. Yeah. 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 At some point, they're, you're going to have to make some sketches out of like all these things you have to go through to join the Titus brand. Like they start hazing people. It's like a fraternity. Maybe they they can. Uh, you got to shove Vince McMahon on the entrance way to get into the Titus brand. <laughs> okay, that would. Be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's run through the the card and run through the crowd. Let's, uh, so uh, let's start right off with the women's title match. All right, I've been going back and forth on this one. I actually think this is a pretty difficult match to predict. Maybe I'm alone here, but uh, I would not be shocked if Lana won the title. Uh, going up against Naomi. I've been going back and forth on what my pick's going to be. I, Man, I can totally see this being a title switch. I'll stick with Naomi for right now. I don't even know what the odds say. But uh, if they really want to make... Naomi was a pretty significant favorite, actually, but the smart money's not in. Yeah. If, if they want to make Lana a big deal, I could see her winning. Um, by the way, hopefully she doesn't wrestle in that evening gown. It was kind of funny watching her on SmackDown trying to like maneuver around the ring wearing that and do moves. Didn't work out so well. A little difficult. Uh, Joe, who do you got in this match? Um, you have to go Naomi here. The only thing that's got me... So, for the most part, I think Naomi's going to win just because I can't see Lana taking the title and then going on to headline another high-profile match, whether that be on SmackDown or on the next pay-per-view. The only thing that's got me a little twisted up is, may, it, are we sure that Lana is that bad in the ring? 
I don't. I'm not convinced of that. She might be all right. The, like I was thinking about this earlier today. If she, because that's obviously what everyone's saying is that she she can't work even a little bit. My thought is if if she was that bad as a worker and they wanted to hide her, it would have made all the sense in the world for for them to just slip her into the money in the bank match as the sixth person. But they didn't. They chose to put her in a title match with Naomi, yeah. which makes me think she's going to be able to hold her own. Um, I still see Naomi winning, but Jinder Mahal is the goddamn world heavyweight champion. So, you know, what do you what can you say? <laughs> Justin, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Naomi. If, if Lana wins. Every single champion, including NXT and the UK. Oh, I uh, love this point from Justin Joyce. <laughs> will be a heel. Yes. Every single champion would be a heel. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm going to root for the baby face on this one. I was wondering if anyone had, somebody had texted, a buddy of mine texted me that. He's like, do you know that like 11 of the 12 champions, including NXT and, uh, you know, UO, uh, UK and 205 lot, you know, on the cruiserweight are heels. And Naomi's the only babyface champion. And I said, wow, I was going to save that for later in the show. Wow. Um, Spoiled it for you. Yeah. I'm actually going to go Lana. I think they're going to do the surprise. I think they're, I think it's going to be like the female gender thing where like no one like, what? I can't believe Lana won. And I don't think she's going to be horrible at all. You know, can she work? That's such an objective question. I mean, her goal is not, I mean, if you think, Lana better get in there and do athletic moves, then you're probably going to be disappointed. And that's also a stupid opinion to have. But can she draw heat? I don't know. I mean, maybe. So, oh. but, but I think they're going to go for the shock value of her winning. I've heard she's the female Kenny Omega. There you go. <laughs> yeah. See, see, that's where I'm at. This is a tough. This is a tough match to predict. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll go with Naomi, but I, I would not be shocked if Lana won. Uh, by the way, I was a little surprised when Lana, you know, started getting so involved in training to be a wrestler kind of full time here because I remember like a year and a half or a year ago, Kyle, you'll probably be with me on this. Wasn't the talk that Lana like couldn't wrestle for some reason? There was like some medical reason that she couldn't wrestle. I know it was a while ago, but I don't remember that. I remember, yeah, I remember Meltzer talking about this on a podcast one time. There was something hmm. in her background, and he didn't know what it was, that she was just going to valet full-time, that she couldn't work. And then they put her in that WrestleMania match, but she, the argument at the time was she didn't have to do much because so many women were involved. So I don't know what's changed there. I've been thinking about that a lot recently, but um, either Meltzer was dead wrong on that or uh, something changed. So I want to know what happened to Rusev. <laughs> i uh i just watched rusev playing fifa on up up down down the other night by the way oh he's a tremendous fifa player justin hey he's got great taste in video games i'll give him that <laughs> unlike myself who uh purchased the other day and i think i'm the world's worst fifa player so maybe i get some tips from rusev uh let's go to the tag team title match here so Usos defending against the new day and so now that you guys mentioned, I didn't even think about how so many people were heels or were champions. It makes me lean towards the New Day here. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the New Day. Let's let's reverse the order here, Kyle. Uh, I don't think it's too soon to change them. I think you build to it. So I'm going to say, U Usos are. It would be a crime to take the belts off the Usos this quickly. I think now that they actually have a real program to do. You know, they they won the titles. They didn't really do anything for a little bit. Um. No, I, I say there's going to be some schmaz finish and we build to a rematch. All right, Justin? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think anybody's ready for another New Day title reign quite yet. And the Usos are by far and away the most interesting right now than they, they've ever been in their career. True. Joe? Um, yeah, all that stuff. Um it's probably it's probably too soon to make the change now, especially due to the lack of depth on the SmackDown tag team side. Um, they're gonna want to draw this out for a little bit, and the the Usos are hot right now. The Usos are, you know, they they've promos have been good. That like I said, it's it's the most interesting they've been 
probably since the first couple months they were they were in here and I, it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to make the change now unless they do some kind of back and forth thing. Either way, I think it's going to be a long program, um, at least a, a couple months. But I think they're staying with Usos here. Yeah, I I don't know. I could go either way on that one. I, I agree with what you guys said. It would make more sense for it to be a slow build, but a lot of times WWE doesn't do what makes the most sense. So To me, you, you could have this thing culminate where like the New Day fails like multiple times and then they like do the old steam steamboat youngblood storyline where it's like you know if we don't win this time we'll break up forever and mm-hmm. you know if the crowd really catches on to that you're like hey we you know these people still love new day we can ride this we can ride these guys out for another nice run yeah i would i'd probably hold it off till bare minimum SummerSlam. yeah that's what i'm thinking too yeah um all right then we get to one of the greatest world heavyweight champions of all time Guys, how about that entrance? Oh, it's awesome. Entrance. The red carpet rolls down the entranceway. Mm-hmm. Tremendous. Uh, let's let's hope this is Randy Orton's last hurrah in a world title program for a long time. I mean, look at the SmackDown ratings, by the way. Holy crap. Did you guys see the SmackDown ratings this week? They weren't good. It was like right at 2 million. We're almost, we're almost dipping below 2 million. Uh, I think it was the, since the brand split, it was the second least watched smackdown the only one that did less was the night of the presidential election on november 8th yep so uh yeah not looking good uh some people are probably gonna want to pin that on jinder mahal but i don't think jinder mahal has much to do with that he hasn't he hasn't been in the spotlight that long randy orton has been in the main event scene since what now three four months on smackdown i was gonna say a decade but okay (laughs) well i mean (laughs) since the brand split on smackdown yeah so I don't think anything, obviously, Jinder Mahal is retaining here. Joe? Yeah. Uh, the only thing that makes me question that slightly is they just did the whole, like, are they really going to do the exact same finish they did at Backlash with the with the Singh brother distraction leading to, uh, you know, the, the Colossus or whatever it is, and then the Jinder pin? I mean, they got to find a different way to do it this time, and I don't know how many different ways there are to do it. So th- that's the only thing that has me questioning it uh, a little bit. But... Uh, I I would think that gender is retaining, yeah. Justin, don't they have? Uh, isn't there going to be some like uh, old superstars in Randy Orton's corner? Bob Orton, yeah, the Ace Cowboy Bob Orton. Larry yeah. Hennig, I heard, is going to be there as well. I thought there was a lawsuit. Didn't he have a lawsuit against WWE? Or no, maybe I'm thinking of the uh, the other uh, demolition. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I. This one's got to go gender. I, I, when you said uh, this could be the last hurrah for Randy Orton in the title picture, I was really hoping you'd say in the WWE. Well, that too <laughs> would not complain. They can't. They can't let him creep up on John Cena's championship reigns, right? This would be if he wanted to be his fourteenth title. I think you have to remember that WWE likes Randy Orton so much more than we like Randy Orton. <laughs> That's true, but I don't think they like him to the level of John Cena. And if he gets up to that 15-time champion and sets the flare mark before uh, Mr. Cena, they're not going to like it. Do we think Orton passes flair? He could. Oh, my God. I think I think he probably will. Eh, I don't know, actually. I, the, the, I, to Ryan's point, they'll let Cena do it first. Yeah. Right. No, Cena will definitely do it first. I'm just wondering if down the road... Yeah, because he's getting close. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, he's not as young as he, you know, he's, let's see, what is he, right around 40 now? He's got some time left. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. This whole program to me is indicative of what Justin said earlier about all the heel champions. The pro, Any problem with this that you have and lack of excitement is due to the fact that Randy Orton is – And this isn't just unique to him, actually, to be fair. WWE does this way too often where it's a baby face who I think majority of the audience understands isn't going to win, and they may not even want to win. We saw this a lot on Raw last fall with Seth Rollins when he would challenge Kevin Owens, and it it, it really hurt the baby face. I mean, that baby face run got off to a flat start, but... 
I think it's the same thing here. It's tough. WWE is a babyface promotion throughout its history. The San Martino era, the Hogan era, the Austin era, the Cena era. And I think when they get in trouble is when they just, they don't have baby faces that people want to see win a title. And I think that's the case here. I'm sure there's some people who would love to see Randy Orton win, but I just don't see there being a big clamoring. And I think, you know, the majority of the WWE audience understands he isn't winning. They're going for the heat. And, you know, they're, man, they're going to beat another guy in his hometown too, <laughs> which seems like they've done that so many times in the last three months. Um, I'm sure they're going to do some sort of cheap heat with Bob Orton. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I actually loved your write-up today when uh, when you made the mention of, you know, Money in the Bank taking place at uh, Orton's hometown. His dad is going to be there. Oh, and just as a quick aside, <laughs> neither him or his father is actually from St. Louis. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, he lives there. I mean, yeah, he lives there. Now, I didn't mean to, like, dog it up to me, but yeah, it was just, you know, it actually just came to me um, when I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, Randy was always, or Bob was always billed as being from Kansas City, and then, yeah. And then I just kind of, like, looked to see what Randy's thing was, yeah. But no, it's traditionally, if they hadn't beaten so many guys in their hometown in the last three months or so, I think this would be potentially more interesting. But just another hometown guy going down. Well, speaking of being a babyface promotion, I was thinking this as you were talking, Kyle. Who do we think is going to be the next babyface world champion on SmackDown? Let's just throw that out there. That's a great question. I'm looking at the names in the uh, in the Money in the Bank match. It's either Nakamura or Styles, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who else it can be, unless if they want to go with Cena. But his schedule is going to be real limited. Mm-hmm. I think Cena, Nakamura, and Styles one of those three. And I, to me, it comes down to how how quickly are they going to go to Nakamura? Um, is Styles going to get his run before Nakamura? I'm not. I'm not sure. I think if I if I had to pick, I'm I'd probably say Nakamura. I don't think they're going to hold off too long on him. I think they want him to be a big deal, and I think maybe they're going to recognize if they wait too long, he might lose some steam. So I, I think they're going to put it on him sooner rather than later. Anyone else got any thoughts on that? Mm, I think Mahal's going to have it for a long time. Oh, good while. Wow. Through the fall. I'm thinking I don't Ty Dillinger. Did you see the uh, the sign someone had in the crowd this week? Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. It is kind of hard to predict. It's uh, well, maybe we'll know more after the. Uh, well, it, the it's going to be interesting when we get to the Money in the Bank match. You know, here, you know, you know, how does it fit into the grand scheme of things? Because two, what, two, three months ago, WWE didn't think Jinder Mahal was going to be their world champion. Yeah. Let's go to the women's Money in the Bank match. All right, so we got Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Carmella, and Tamina. I'm going to let you guys pick first this time rather than myself. I want to hear the experts. I don't know yet. No, I do not know. So I'm going to go to you guys while I think about it here. Both of these Money in the Bank matches are pretty hard to predict this year. Agreed. Um, Man, yeah, let's go go any direction. Kyle, start us off. It's not going to be Tamina your girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> um was carmella favored the odds right yes now? when i did yeah. the odds carmella was favored that caught me off guard I, yeah i mean if she if if she wins i mean is it the end of the world no i i don't know to me and i've said this before the the best storyline in this division involves carmella and or not carmella charlotte and becky in that relationship and they have not even began to hint really in this direction. You know, Charlotte's been a real soft baby face turn. And to me, you have kind of Charlotte win over Becky's confidence. You know, Becky's skeptical of teaming and befriending with Charlotte, but Charlotte kind of gradually wins her confidence over and then turns on her. It's basically, you know, she's her father and, and Becky is sting. Um, So, I would have Charlotte win the money in the bank and then eventually down the road, cash it in on Becky who would be the champion at the time. Okay. That's the story I would tell long-term. See, I think personally, I think Becky Lynch needs a heel turn more than Charlotte 
going heel on her to get sympathy on Becky. I I would really love to see a heel Becky Lynch run. I just find the character so stale right now. Uh, Justin. Uh, still on the whole baby face heel dynamic. And I think this match is going to completely depend on who wins out of Naomi and Lana. Because uh, the reverse of the baby face or the heel will win. And when it comes to the money in the bank winner, having whoever holds that briefcase be a heel is always more interesting than the baby face doing it. So I, I wouldn't, for me, I narrow it down to either Natalia or Carmella. And then, then my personal pick would just be for Natalia. Cause I think she deserves a run and um, she could be pretty interesting carrying that briefcase. All right, Joe. Yeah. Um, see, I, I don't see Charlotte doing it just because she needs it the least. Um, I definitely don't see Tamina unless they they want to have Lana beat Naomi and then Tamina win money in the bank. And then we just have a Tamina Lana match next pay-per-view. But I like I could see I could see it being Becky. Uh, I could see it being Natty and I could see it being Carmella. I could go either way on the face heel thing only because I think back to to like money in the bank cashins always get a huge pop. It's not like it's definitely a heel move when, you know, typically you're going to cash in on someone who who kind of just got their ass beat in another match. Mm-hmm. But you you think back and it, like the Dolph Ziggler cash in the money after WrestleMania, he was a heel at that time, but it's like it's it's almost impossible not to pop for a money in the bank. No, no, you know, people like it because it's a significant thing. Yes, people have been right. trained to pop for the money in the bank, even though it, yes, in the traditional sense, it's a heel move, but it draws a babyface reaction. Right. And they, I, like you said, Ryan, they, they need something for Becky Lynch, whether that's a whether that's a heel turn or a money in the bank win. I, I could see it going either way, but she spends, she, she just toils away. Uh, anonymously and never really has any good promos never really has any bad promos hasn't had a ton uh correct me if i'm wrong of high profile matches um you know she had the title run but even that seems super watered down I-, I could see them see them doing becky um i don't look at the odds so carmella being favored is a little bit surprising to me um but i could i could see I think if I have to pick anyone, it's going to be Becky, but I'm not super confident there. Tell you what, guys, we need to get this Joe Dorian back on the show. He likes my takes. He's a good SmackDown <laughs> writer. Oh no, <laughs> I I agree. I think Becky Lynch. I'm I'm going to go with Becky Lynch. I think she needs it the most. Um, I think I think since the brand split, she's really lost out a lot, and I think this could could help her. Now. I'd love it if if somehow they worked a heel turn into her winning, but I think even if if she stays face, uh, winning the Money in the Bank would help out a lot. So I think, yeah, I like how Joe said Charlotte certainly doesn't need it. No, I would agree with that. That's for sure. So, yeah, I think I would have to go push comes to shove Becky Lynch. Um, All right. I just noticed something. Yeah. As I look at myself here in this... Look bottom right corner. I look a lot like hot stuff Eddie Gilbert, and I think in my opinion. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I just posted the link on our Facebook page, and the preview, like snapshot of the YouTube video right now, is you like a close up of you with those sunglasses on, Kyle. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> That's I staring our thousands of followers. I think I look like hot Facebook. stuff Eddie Gilbert, circa 1989. Man, he kind of he rocked these kind of shades back then. I think. Oh man. Uh. All right, so this is this one we might have some spirited debate on because this main event, man, I could see this. I could basically see the Money in the Bank briefcase going to everyone besides Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I mean, like every single other person you can make an argument for. Now watch Ziggler win and make me look like a complete fool. But yeah, yeah, I don't think he's going to win. No, I, I don't think so. I could see, I mean, legit, I could see every single one of these guys winning. Um, I think... Corbin's been most people's pick going in. Um, some of it you might have an idea after the women's match because, like, if a heel wins there, you'd think maybe a baby face would win. I don't know. <sighs> I've been going back and forth all week between um Corbin and actually Owens. 
Mm. With Nakamura maybe on the side a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Man, as much as Corbin has lost in recent weeks, it, don't, it seems like in WWE booking style, he would win just based on all the losses he's ate against Sami Zayn. I'm, I'm leaning towards Baron Corbin right now. Kyle. He was kind of the conventional choice coming out of Mania, but again, that was before the decision to go with gender was made. Um, again, you've got to take a look at the WWE world title picture and how that's going to work. So Jinder's going to hold on to it for a while. And if you have a heel money in the bank winner, they're not going to beat Jinder. It could be a deal where they cash in quickly on the guy who beats Jinder. Um, I don't think it's going to be Sami Zayn. They don't treat him serious enough. Yeah, I've seen some stuff online where people are really thinking it's going to be Sami Zayn over okay. the last couple of days, but I don't see I mean, it I either. guess they could treat it because, again, the way WWE books, he hasn't been booked the strongest. I don't think it's going to be Nakamura. No, I think Nakamura's first world title win on the main roster has to be a bigger deal than, yeah, than you know, a cheap money, money in the bank. bank. Yeah, That'd be silly. And, 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 I, and I don't bode, think AJ needs to win it. <sighs> it doesn't bode well that Nakamura finished SmackDown on top of the, the ladder. That's a little too telegraphed. Yep. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with Corbin. I'm just gonna I'm just I'm gonna stick with Corbin. Just because Owens has the US title. It'd be kind of weird to have be the US champion and money in the bank. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go with Corbin. I think he I think Corbin legitimately needs it act, to be honest with you. They they didn't give him the Intercontinental at Wrestle at WrestleMania because everyone whined about the SmackDown women needing to be on the main show. Um, so yeah, I think Baron Corbin actually really needs this. And it would make sense. Rising star. Yeah. Justin. Um, I mean, Corbin has been losing a lot, so that that does mean he'll probably end up winning. My personal choice, I, I would love to see Sammy's thing. Um, I don't think Nakamura. Nakamura will win because it would be very hard for him to do his entrance while holding that briefcase. <laughs> um, I don't see AJ Styles or Owens getting it because you know, they're going to continue to feud over the U.S. title, although I think Owens as a Money in the Bank winner would be incredible, and obviously Dolph Ziggler there is just you know, going to steal the show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go Baron Corbin. Wow, we're all agreeing so far. All right, Joe. Uh, all right. So process of elimination, like you said, AJ Styles is in the same realm as Charlotte as, you know, needs it the least. Kevin Owens is probably going to be occupied with Styles uh, in United States championship uh, stuff. So that leaves Knock, who finished the match on Tuesday on top of a ladder, which is not a good sign for him. Baron Corbin. Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler, thinking about Dolph Ziggler winning Money in the Bank just makes me sad because it makes me remember <laughs> when people liked him and when he was fun to watch. And that seems like so, so long ago. Um, Sami Zayn, I don't think will win, but I'm with Justin in saying that I would love him to win. And WWE has been paying a little bit more attention to him lately. I wrote a little bit about him uh, in my last SmackDown recap, kind of what they're doing with this character and um, how they're how they're evolving him and adding some nuances to him. And that could mean nothing at all, or it could mean something. Who knows? I don't want to pick Baron Corbin because everyone else picked Baron Corbin. But I feel like it's going to be Baron Corbin. Yeah. I think I think if I narrow it down to two, it's Corbin and Zayn. So I would agree. Yeah. Hey, hey guys, real quick, just aside, you're going to, I just tweeted from uh TR nation podcast. You're going to want to check that out, but sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us what's, what's it say? Oh no, it's, it's better to be seen. <laughs> oh no. Oh God. All right. Oh my goodness. This I'm is absolutely incredible. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> is it if, for those of you listening, it is a picture of hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert, tagged at TRP Kyle. That is tremendous. The hair, the glass, <laughs> di different color sunglasses, same style. Um, he's a little more tan than you are, Kyle. Yeah, I know. I got to hit the booth. 
<laughs> but he's got the beard going. That is a that is a pretty good light. I might have to Photoshop that later and put your head on his body there. Look out for that. Follow us at TR Nation Podcast, guys. Check that out. <laughs> It'll be in our media section. All right. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to this pay-per-view, though. I think uh, Extreme Rules a few weeks ago, two weeks ago now, what? That was a really good show. Talked about that last week. I think this has the makings of a really good show. The Money in the Bank matches are going to have uh, some serious time with there only being five matches on the show. So uh, I would be shocked if this was not a, a really good pay-per-view. WWE always comes through when you least expect it. Yeah. Although I don't think it's going to rival um, Dominion. That was a hell of a show. We didn't even talk about the other two matches that were close to five stars on that show. Yeah, it probably won't. <laughs> You're talking Takahashi and Kushida was an awesome Ooh. match. Uh, Naito and Tanahashi. If you haven't seen any of New Japan Dominion, check those three matches out for sure as you prepare for Money in the Bank this weekend. All right, guys, any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Kyle, I, I took my sunglasses off. What if I just started talking about Battle Bowl again and didn't let you end the show? <laughs> like last week? Yeah. <laughs> like wrapping it up. All right. By the way, WCW Battle Bowl, man, that was a hell of a concept. You know, bring that back. <laughs> I really enjoyed Battle Bowl. I, I liked it as a kid. I don't know. As an adult, maybe I would have gotten bored with it, but I liked it. Yeah, it'd be good for a three-hour Raw. <laughs> Once every year. Yeah, I could go with that. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see there was some talk ab- about Raw maybe going back to two hours on their next TV contract? I, I mean, look, here, with this whole ratings thing and everything, like, I just, like, to me, it's like a debate not worth having. Like, the verdict will come in when that TV contract is renegotiated. Like, whether or not these ratings matter. Because the issue is USA, if they were to, like, if WWE were playing hardball, like, is USA going to be able to replace those five hours of programming a week? I mean, with what, suits? Yeah, I mean, is as much as much of their audience. Oh, shit show that is. Burn notice. Yeah. Burn notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. As much as their audience as they've lost the last couple of years, it's still one of the highest rated shows on cable. Yeah, it's it's nowhere. Yeah. It's it's nowhere near what it was doing. And how much of the audience that's tuned out is pretty staggering. If you if you look at our ratings articles on Top Row Press from like two three years ago, holy crap! It's <laughs> it has been quite the drop off. Um, I mean. People are still consuming the product. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing with YouTube, like, I, I don't know if you guys saw, like, that Lesnar Joe um, angle did incredible numbers on YouTube. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did, like, what, over in excess of 4 million views. And, you know, I don't know if, if that – Now, I mean, that's not – that's good for WWE, I guess, but it's not really good for their relationship with USA. Because USA doesn't want people to give WWE all this money only for – you know, this huge portion of the audience now to consume them via YouTube. The crazy thing about it, so we're talking viewership here, but, you know, ratings is like a percentage of the people who have access to the channel that watch it. So, but if you look at the raw viewership totals, uh, it's surprising that, you know, we talk about cord cutting and stuff these days. Way more people have access to the USA Network right now than did like in the 90s, believe it or not. More people have access to the USA Network, and in yet that viewership number keeps going down and down and down and mm. down. So, yeah, to me that's that's a little shocking. But uh, yeah, yeah, people I, like still didn't have cable in like the nineties. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't see it turning around anytime soon. Uh, this week there was no excuse about NBA or any. Well, Raw had one. Raw Raw went against the NBA. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. Smackdown, Smackdown at two million viewers. I mean, they're going to be under two pretty soon. So, Yeesh. just a couple of years ago, they were like four million was like, you know, pretty regular. We're like half of that. So it was taped back then. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, either way, WWE always comes to play on these pay per views, and I think it's going to be a pretty good show. So, um, anyone else? Kyle, anything besides Battle Bowl you want to talk about? No, no, you know, Missy Hyatt uh, did the bat used to draw the names for Battle Bowl. You know, who used to sleep with Missy Hyatt. Who didn't used to sleep with Missy? Uh, Hyatt? <laughs> well, hot stuff. Eddie Gilbert was one of many. <laughs> I should have known that's where that was going. 
All right, guys. Thanks for watching. <laughs> on that note, uh, click the subscribe button on YouTube, uh, on iTunes. Sorry, honey, if you're listening. <laughs> Mrs. Ross, we're sorry. We'll edit that out. Yeah, you're probably not. Maybe I'll throw on the Eddie Gilbert song. All right. Enjoy Money in the Bank. We'll be with you next Thursday night. Take care. That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can go write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks.